Streets and Scholars, y'all, bringing you another banger. This is Alex Alonso. I'm sitting here with FG, a.k.a. Frank Thornton. What's going on, man? Man, what it do, Alex? What it do? Tell me what's going on on the east side of Compton, man. Oh, Compton man. Linwood. What's going on over there? You know, this shit stay cracking <laughs> over there, you know, but we trying to bring it together, man. You know, that's how it's going over there. Yeah, man. This, uh, this whole city needs to bring it together. Yeah, man, for real. But, I mean, you know, I think it can happen as long as we keep at it. Some can move, you know. Yeah, man. One neighborhood at a time, man. One neighborhood at a time. It's, but it's the city. The violence has gone gone up in twenty twenty two in L A. Hey, man. It didn't got hot, you know. They didn't got these F and Ns, you know. Shit, shit getting wild. But at the same time, like I say, we got to just keep, keep, keep going from our angle, man. And hopefully, something give, man. No doubt about that. Uh, I do it because my sons, my sons be walking around these streets and, you know, I don't want them getting caught up in nothing. No, no doubt. You know, I got sons from the neighborhood, you know what I mean? And one of them just came home and so I'm trying to just keep him on the right track and keep him focused, you know, on some man shit instead of the street shit, so. Trying to keep him away from hanging out and all that? No doubt, but as he should, he got a son, you know, he got a situation, he got to get his life together, you know what I mean? You know, the hood don't pay no bills, so, you know, um, he got to make a choice, you know. Yeah, man. Well, let's shout out to him. It's, it's it's okay to stay out the way, and uh, you live a lot longer, man. That's that's what I believe. You'll live a lot longer if you stay out the way. No doubt. No doubt. Hey, man. But um, we got to make a correction. But I don't I don't want to really call it a correction because it was reported that way. It was reported in the Rolling Stone that Suge Knight lost that civil lawsuit last uh, a couple of weeks ago and that he was ordered to pay $81 million. Right. We went with what we thought were facts. And you know, uh, I know that's what I read. So Yeah. And then the same publication published that it was a mistrial. So I think what happened was, and the author of the of the whole story was about to explain it to me because I seen her in there because she's also covering the Eric Holder case. Okay. She did say that something, uh, I wish I, I remember what she said, but she did say that there was a decision made, but then um, they asked the jury to continue to deliberate. I don't know the details, but they ended up coming back with a hung jury. Oh, okay. okay. So that means Suge is not guilty. He's that not is, liable. No doubt, no doubt. Now, what happens from here on out, though? They're going to do it again. Oh, okay. They're okay. going to do it again. But the um, the way that the jury split was seven seven for guilt five for not guilty so that's your uh that's your hung jury and that's that's a pretty close split so they're gonna do it again they're gonna have to let me ask you a question though i'm familiar with the hung juries how many people do it take for the nays to for it to be a young hung jury well in a civil in a civil case you don't need all 12 jurors you know how like in a criminal case right, right, right. everybody got to agree in a criminal case no doubt you only need nine oh okay in okay. civil so that. if they would have got two more, then then Suge would have been liable for that eighty-one million. Mm -hmm. But uh, but they're gonna do it again, and and the attorney for Suge, who was um, Kenner, mm -hmm. what is it, David Kenner? David Kenner, yeah. David Kenner's gonna have to come in there with that lying ass theory. <laughs> I, I don't mind saying it, bringing that lying ass yeah. theory that a gun was pulled out on Suge Knight in Suge Knight's face. That ain't never happened. But that's the theory they're going with, and apparently uh, some of the jurors believed it. Hey, man, you know, I don't know how because everything was on video, but hey, I'm going to stay out of it and let them <laughs> believe what they believe, you know. Well, if the people want to go look at the video, Bone does strike Suge in the face with a fist, but he strikes him with the right fist, 
the left fist, the right fist. There's no gun ever in this entire interaction. Of course, Suge stays in the car the whole time. He doesn't get out. And somehow we went from seeing that to there was a gun and the gun was pulled out and it was pointing in his face. And that's the reason why he ran over Terry Carter and Bone. So Right, right. Um, go look at the video, people, um, and you can decide for yourself. But there are a bunch of people to this day that believe that there was a weapon used. But um, I'm, I'm a certain 99.9 percent. I'm going to leave that point one there. But I'm, I'm almost 99.9 percent certain there was no gun ever used. But you know what? They did find a gun in Terry Carter's car. He had it, you know, like in a box, a mm-hmm. lockbox. So the, um, one of the theories was somehow Terry Carter's gun got put in Bone's hand, but that gun was never moved out of his car. Well, I'm going to have to go back with that 1% or one-tenth of a percent that you give us and uh, relook myself. Yeah, know, man. Just to be clear before I, you know, super comment on it. So I'm going to go relook myself and, you know, like the rest of the viewers should do. And we, we'll see, you know, we can come up with what really went on. And I think I'm going to cover this second trial. I think I'm going to pop up in this trial I'm going to go look at and see who comes to testify. I don't really know who came to testify um, regarding this theory, but I'm going to be in there for the second trial. And whoever comes in there with some bogus testimony, <laughs> I'm going to report it. Right. I'm right, reporting right. all this testimony for the second trial of, of Suge Knight's civil case. And I don't, I, you know what? I, I want Suge to, to fight his case as diligently as he can, but I just don't, I'm not with all the lies and, 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 putting weapons in people's hands uh there's there's a better way to go about it but uh well, you know what i think alex i think if these people start seeing you on the front row of these trials man they're gonna start changing their stories because they know alex gonna be on the ass about it. yeah because you know nancy Dillon, who's doing a great job at covering that trial for this rolling stone she doesn't even she doesn't know not one person that's involved in this personally right so she's just listening to the information and then reporting it as if it might be a fact but, um, you know, I have a different perspective because I know people that were involved. Right. Um, there was a good chance that I would have been there that day, you know, because I work with Bones so close on, especially during the filming of Straight Outta Compton. But sometimes, you know, I, I leave and I got to do other things and I just wasn't around during that time, during those two days. It was a two day shoot that was January 29th and January 30th. I wasn't around for it. But the family here is saying that they believe that um, Terry Carter's family, they believe that he's liable, Suge Knight, for Terry Carter's death. And this is like a new thing that I wouldn't say is new, but it seems like everyone is suing people in civil court for murder. I I always thought murder is dealt in the criminal courts and that's it. But you could actually take a case in civil court. We saw it with the O.J. Simpson thing. I was going to say the Goldmans did it. Yeah, they did it. And I, I just, was even finna take it further than that and say, Alice, white people been doing it for years. Probably so. So, you know, <laughs> it just, you know, turn around. People are, you know, and don't get me wrong, the Carter family lost a love. You know, I knew Terry Carter. We wasn't friends or nothing like that. But I met him, uh, uh, T.C., a few times, homie, and, 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 he, and, he, and he was a part of you know what I mean? So at the end of the day, man, I, I, my heart goes out to his family, you know what I mean? And and uh, and his kids or his wife, his, you know, a mother, father, whatever. He has sisters, brothers, you know what I mean? My heart goes out to them. So at the end of the day, you know, I, I don't have no problem with them pursuing every avenue that they can. You know, they lost a loved one, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, but in civil court, they don't call, they don't call murder, murder in civil court. They call it 
wrongful death. Oh, okay. They use different different term, but wrongful death. You're you're responsible for the wrongful death of an individual. Therefore, you have to pay up money. But technically, anybody who has a family member that has been murdered, they can go sue the person that got found guilty of the crime. And but most of the time, you don't have money. You know, you're not gonna get any money out of it. No doubt. Um, and not to mention, see, I was under the impression that if you were um, convicted, then a civil suit couldn't be um, brought against you. That was, but but now I see that even if you're convicted, a civil suit still can be brought against you. I, I didn't know that. To be you, honest with you. you don't even got to be convicted of the murder. Like OJ, he was found not guilty. Now see, that was the thing about it. I thought if you was found not guilty or you wasn't convicted, then you could bring the civil charge. I didn't know that a person can be found guilty or plead guilty, take time, do time, be sentenced, and a civil suit still a civil suit still come after that. I didn't know that. Yeah, because the burden in a civil case is not beyond a reasonable doubt. It's um, a preponderance of the evidence. So the, the the guilt standard is much lower in civil court where it's much higher in criminal court. And it doesn't matter if you've been found guilty in this court. This is all that matters is this civil case and none of that other stuff matters. But it does help if you were found guilty of murder, then it's, you know, the jury... Right. The Seems jury has like, something to go with. Right, right, right. But, um, yeah, it doesn't even matter if you're found guilty or not guilty. But uh, according to the attorney for the Terry Carter family, his name is Lance Barringer, he said that that um, they're going to set up a new trial date, and hopefully within the next month they're going to run it again. Hey, man, you know, <laughs> stay at it, Dave. And I'm, I'm going to try to sit in on this one um, because uh, – this was this was kind of done quietly. No one really was talking about this. Right, right. You know, but at the same time, you know, um, Alex Alonzo wasn't on the case. <laughs> yeah, I definitely wasn't on the case. Somebody asked me um, to cover the the Pop Smoke case. You know, the rapper from Brooklyn right, that right. got killed out here, and uh, that trial is going to be probably going on um, later this year. If I got some time, maybe I'll I'll tap in because uh, Pop Smoke was um, was loved in Brooklyn. And I, I listened to some of his music after he died. I wasn't aware of the dude, and the dude was pretty nice. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to go do some research for that because I heard, uh, um, you know, I listen to YouTube all the time, and I heard Pop Smoke didn't, you know, uh, actively check in with certain people, and he didn't have a, you know, a security team in place. You know, I'm going to have to go look at that because I didn't even know he was out here when he um, his demise happened. Yeah, man, he was um, in a nice house up in the Hollywood Hills chilling, yeah. and uh, they arrested two minors uh and then two adults 18 19 years old and apparently they're all from hoover wow and they went there and um and uh allegedly tried to rob him and ended up killing pop smoke but um let's see let's move on to another thing here uh kane velasquez kane velasquez who was denied bail twice for shooting at the guy who allegedly molested his son, Harry Galarte, is the guy that allegedly molested his son. Hey, he's suing Harry Galarte now. Hey, man, shit. <laughs> I'm going to have to look into these suits, man. You know what I mean? Make sure don't nobody sue me. Or, you know, you knock a dude out in the club now. You going to get sued or you going, what's going on? Hey, I mean, you could, you could technically sue for anything in America. There's nothing to prevent you from filing the lawsuit. It's another thing trying to win it. Right, right, but right. Anybody could file a lawsuit. Yeah. So yeah, um, what do you think about this dude? He's in jail. He's fighting an attempted murder case, but somehow he just said, "You know what? 
I'm going to sue Galarte. I'm going to sue his mother and I'm going to sue this daycare center because according to this lawsuit, this daycare center uh, created an environment that made molesting of children possible. Hey, I got to agree with him 100%. I will go at him with every tooth and nail. Any kind of way I can go at him, I'm going at him. You know, he jumped out. He shot at the dude. You know what I mean? He did that part already. I mean, allegedly. Um, but, man, I'm going to go at him with every everything I have, man, with lawsuits, uh, <laughs> everything. I mean, come on, man. This is a four-year-old kid, you know, so they deserve to lose if found guilty, you know. Uh, allegedly, if this really happened, Alex, man, they deserve to lose everything they ever had, man. Well, um, his lawyer, Warren Pabugian, I never heard of that name. Man, Pabugian. Pabugian. Uh, it sounds um, Armenian. Uh, he says that this case is a terrible tragedy with gut-wrenching irony. And then he wrote that Harry Galarte, who, who um, allegedly molested four-year-old son, is out on bail. However, my client, the father, Cain Velasquez, is still in jail. So um, I just found that interesting, filing a, a, a lawsuit. And again, this is in civil court. And um, basically, if he wins this lawsuit, these people are not going to be able to afford to pay it. He's basically going to shut yeah, down. trying to shut them down. Shut yeah. down the whole yeah, facility. Yeah. And actually, the lawyer said that this daycare facility should never be able to operate again. And that's basically what Cain Velasquez is going to do. That's something if you got the power to be in jail with no bail, but you got the power to shut a facility down. I agree with that. You know what I mean? If y'all let this happen to my child, man, you, you guys shouldn't be operating. Straight well, up. Well, they um, Harry Gallard, they still got to go to trial. So you know, I'm not. I I can't. I can't push a line on this man just yet, because you know, uh, I, I I'm a firm believer of innocent until proven guilty. Well, I did say if. You know what I mean? And if this is the case, you know, if this facility allowed his child to be molested, look. Whether it was Harry Galarte or not, you talk about Harry Galarte. I'm talking about the facility at this moment. If this facility allowed anybody to molest his son, it need to be shut down and never open again. I'm surprised that an investigation by the county of uh, Santa Clara hasn't already taken place because based on everything that I've been reading and looking, there really hasn't been any major investigation. But um, I could be wrong on that. I mean, we, yeah, we could be. We don't know all the intel on the insights, but at the same time, from the outside looking in, it seemed like they never, when it comes to protecting these kids, it seemed like they never do a full, thorough investigation from with, with all the resources, man. And I just hate to say that, but I'm going to say it. You know what I mean? I don't see them going hard as they go in other situations. That could be some bullshit, but they still pursue that. But when it comes to these kids, man, y'all just... You know, oh, we'll see how it play out. No, nah, man, it should be an active investigation from, from, from different agencies to get to the bottom of these kids, to mess with these kids, man. Absolutely. Uh, Galarte's mother's name is Patricia, and she's the one that ran this daycare center, uh, attended five days a week by Velasquez's son, and the daycare operation was run out of the house in which Galarte, his mother and stepfather, are said to have lived. One of my issues that I have with someone like Cain Velasquez, someone that does appear to have some wealth and, and some fame and has a career, is why would you put your kid in a daycare center? Um, you know, I have three kids. I raised three kids, and not once, and because I think like this, not once did I ever drop my kids off at some other family's house. Not once did I put my kids in a daycare center. I told my wife, 
we're going to take care of these kids and we're going to take care of these kids under our roof. Mm. They're not going to any daycare until, you know, we start them in school. And I just don't see, I can understand for people who can't afford it, you got to do it. But Cain Velasquez, well, why are you dropping your four-year-old kid off at a daycare center? Well, you know, sometimes it's, it's uh, for social reasons. Sometimes people who raise their kids at home, you know, your kids only know you, the auntie, the grandmother, the uncle. You know what I mean? They don't know other kids. You know what I mean? And it don't mean that they uh, be socially awkward later, but for some kids, they need to be around other kids to learn how to be social, you know. And uh, and I get it. You know, my kids weren't in daycare until um, they were learn- able to talk, you know, be able to say what's wrong, you know. Um, but... Um, just like some stuff can happen at a Catholic school, though, or or I ain't gonna just say a Catholic school, any school. Later on, you know, it can happen at a daycare. So it, it, to me, it don't matter what age. To me, as long as they could talk to say what's wrong or what's going on, you know, I, I sent mine to daycare. But uh, I think maybe the socialness, because I have a grandson now that he's being home. Um, raised at home with his grandmother and she teaching him all the, you know, the uh, curriculum that he needs to know. But at the same time, you know, um, at some point he's going to have to be around some other kids to learn how to, you know, react with other kids, not be selfish. You know what I mean? Not be like mine, 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 you know, because he, that's the way he's being raised. You know, he's the man, you know, he's the man at, at the house right now, you know? So sometimes you have to learn how to share. You have to learn how to do things in the unit, you know? So, Maybe that was a situation that Kane was thinking of. I don't know, but I'm just saying that could be one uh, aspect of it. It's just, just to me, it's, a lot of these daycare centers seem to uh, have these have these um, environments where where molestation be taking place. Um, you know, of course, there's a lot of great daycare centers out there, but because these daycare centers are just run like privately and anybody can just, you know, set one up and start doing it out of your house like they're doing here. Uh, it just it just creates an environment for all kind of shady and secretive stuff to take place. As this lawsuit says, it fostered, maintained and allowed an environment for its attendees to fall victim to sexual abuse at the hands of the Galartes. It just seems like that's just so much more easier to do in these private daycare facilities as opposed to like an elementary school that you're going to send your kids to. No, no doubt. And then I'm wondering if the Galartes wasn't family members. You know, it's, it's, it's rare you send your kids to somewhere that you're not, you know, hella familiar with. You know what I mean? It don't seem like uh, Cain Velasquez and the Galartes are family members. No, know? they're not related at all. So um, I don't know if it was the local in the neighborhood. I mean, I don't know, you know, so. Uh, but I did have a hard time sending my kids to daycare. But, you know, I know that they had to go in order to learn certain shit they need to learn. But. Um, I don't know, man. That's something, you know, when he get out, Alex, you may have to interview him and see what his aspects was on that. Yeah, Cain Velasquez, when he when, when he gets out on bail, he's going to have to tap in with Streets and Scholars because we've been holding down this story for probably m- more than any other uh, media outlet that's out there. No doubt. And we some of the ones rocking with him and want to see him at least get out on bail so he can fight his case as a free man and get to be with his son, you know, get to hug his son, get to nurture his son, you know, get to let his son know it's going to be all right. But at the same time, um, you know, yeah, I hope he, you know, some change, at least with the bail part of it, you know, where he could tap out, be, you know, get out before he uh, gets sentenced or if he's found guilty, you know. Yeah, I tapped in with one of his attorneys and tried to get a over-the-phone interview. They just gave me a, a text 
or DM interview. So I'm going to try that again. But Cain Velasquez was the UFC heavyweight champion from 2012 to 2011. And then he um, he regained it again in 2012 and maintained it till 2015. So he had a nice run as the UFC heavyweight champion. And so I know he's got some money, and I know he's doing pretty well, and he's been doing a bunch of media appearances as a wrestler. Yeah, That's yeah, another yeah. thing. He's, his, his current career is a wrestler. Okay, okay. So, you know, uh, I know he's missing out on money being that he's in jail now, but uh, I'm, I'm hoping that he can finally get some bail so that he could fight his case. No doubt. I'm hoping his son can get the right counseling. You know what I mean? So he's back in court on August, and we'll we'll um we'll keep the streets and scholars listeners updated to see what happens in that case regarding his bail. But he's looking at twenty years in prison, man. Hey, man, you know, like I say, you know, we rooting for him. Uh, I am. I, I speak for me. I'm rooting for him. You know, but you know, hey. Yeah, um, I, I'm definitely. I, I don't believe he should go to jail for twenty years for. Uh, for shooting shooting at a man who he believed molested his kid, but you know the ju- the justice system doesn't really care about you're related to the person. Yeah. This is your son. They don't care about the emotions. You know, nah, they don't give a damn. You took the law into your own hands, and that's yeah. what they, how they gonna look at it. You know. So um, let's move on to uh, this crazy shooting, man. I think that this shooting, this shooting here, has probably got to have the record for the most bullets ever fired um you know somebody's gonna correct me on that but i'm hearing that jalen walker from akron ohio was shot at 90 times and that's ridiculous i mean come on man these are look these are skilled officers these guys go to training you know multiple times a year you know you guys know how to use a firearm some of you guys you know are are are, are, are masters at shooting firearms you shoot at this guy 90 times that's that's ridiculous man and I believe he got hit maybe 60. They're not even sure, but yeah. somewhere around 60. Let's say 50 to 60 times. It's almost impossible to survive that. No, nah, no doubt. You know, and then, you know, her, they handcuffed him immediately after they ran up on him, you know, uh, without performing uh, um, any kind of resuscitation, um, you know, uh, skills and shit. They, 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 they handcuffed him, man. Yeah, well, I understand that that's kind of like what the standard procedure is in police. And no matter how many times you shoot someone, if they're on the ground and not breathing, the first thing they do is go over to go over to you and handcuff you. You know, but that's something that they put in a place to be able to just treat a motherfucker like a dog, though. You know, you hit a dude that many times, man, they know handcuffing for what? He finna bleed out in a matter of seconds. Handcuffing for what? You know what I mean? You guys know how many times y'all hit him? You know, one cop, no, I at least hit him four times by himself. Yeah. Come on, man. You know, I think that's, 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 you know, what he going to, I mean, they treated him like a dog, if you ask me. Worse well, than, no, no, let me say that. Worse than a dog. You know what I mean? Worse than a dog. Um, so the official story is that they were in pursuit of Jalen Walker. At some point in the pursuit, he, he busts one time, fired on the cops one time, they say, and they even claim that they have uh, video evidence of one shot, uh, a muzzle flash coming from his car. It's really difficult to, to see. And then at some point later, he pulls over, he jumps out the car and runs. I stopped watching it at that point. I didn't actually watch the whole thing. Did you watch the whole thing? I did, I did. You know, this is, this is the thing about it. You can do crimes and you can do things. And because I did something over here, 
don't justify what I do in this chase. I could have ran over somebody, hit them with my car, backed up, did you know, did certain things. But once I got on and started running, there wasn't a gun in my hand. Alex, you got to realize when you running that fast, man, he took him on a nice little run. Hmm. You got a gun in your waist, man. That thing ain't going to just hold in there like that, you know, for people who, and the cops know this. Regular people may not. You got a gun on you, man. That thing going to jump out and probably fall on the ground fast as he was running. He was, he was, he was getting up out of there, you know. And they chased him, they chased him, they chased him. He looked over his shoulder to see if they were still chasing, you know, to see how far of a, of, of a gain he got, and they opened fire on him. So once you say that he turned around and it looked like he was going to pull out a gun, he couldn't pull out a gun running that fast. It, 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 you know, they, they full of shit, man. What do you think about the whole idea, though, that once they know you have a gun, uh, it's it's a wrap. Like, you know, they, they get to open fire on you, regardless if it's on the seat, regardless if it's not on you, regardless if you're unarmed. Now, there was a point they knew you had a gun. Therefore, it seems like the police have a pass to shoot at that point. Well, let me go to the flip side of it, because it is a flip side, in my opinion. You know, and where I come up at, I come up, you know, with um, officers that are going to lay you down with the sight of a gun or the mere knowledge that you have a gun in a certain capacity, you know. So with, with with that being said, I don't know what he was thinking when he fired that one shot, whether he, um, you know, the gun fell and it went off, whatever happened. Once they knew you had that gun, bro, to be on, totally honest with you, if you didn't jump out with your hands up or just fall on the ground with your hands in the air, I mean, it was more like more the, the likelihood was of you getting gunned down was like, phew, a hundred to ninety-nine percent. You know what I mean? From where I'm from, you know, you can't display a gun, you can't fire a gun, and, and think these officers are not going to kill you at the first moment they get. That. But I do believe there's a chance that these eight cops get charged because it's overkill. Because it's similar to the, um, what happened to um, Ryan Twyman in Compton. The cop, the two deputies that shot and killed Twyman, that part was acceptable by the department. But the part that wasn't is when he went to the trunk, the deputy got that other rifle and started shooting him some more. It was already over with. Well, I don't know if it was the chief or the captain or but somebody that was in um, higher authority than the regular cops that was in the shooting stated that when they shot him, he was unarmed and that was unacceptable. He said that out of his own mouth. I don't. I, it could have been a captain or somebody, but it was unacceptable. You know, we know what happened. Okay, maybe he did shoot or maybe he did do all that. But when you killed him, he was unarmed and that was obvious. And that's unacceptable. So that's what may get them charged. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about the, um, that he was wearing a ski mask and when he jumped out and started running? I mean, that's kind of spooky. That, well, you wearing a ski mask during the police pursuit and you have a gun in the car, it just seems it just seems bizarre that you're wearing a ski mask while you're driving. Well, you know, people wear ski masks to rob banks and do other crimes and robberies, you know, and if I rob a bank, and I, no matter what I did at the bank, when I jumped out and I didn't have a gun, you chasing me, you you know, you don't you don't you don't just have the right to just kill a person. Especially when y'all supposed to be here to protect and serve. If you protecting and serving, you're gonna arrest this guy let the court handle their business. You don't just got the right to gun him down. You know what I mean? Regardless if he got a ski mask on or 
whatever he had on. It don't matter. If he didn't have a gun in his hand, you guys saw both his hands on how far he, fast he was running. He never reached to pull out a gun because you never saw one. It was obviously he left it in the car. That's where you guys found it. You know, that's murder, Alex. Well, they said that when they were chasing him, and this is probably all BS, that he apparently reached towards his waist during the foot chase and briefly turned towards the officers. Um, that just that doesn't sound right, right? Well, they probably have body cams from these uh, multiple officers. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I believe an expert going to go in there and he going to look at them and he going to see, okay, we can, you know, because they got people too. Look, we may can get away with this. Somebody going to come back, depending on what the um, uh, what really happened, somebody going to come say, no, nah, you, you ain't going to beat this. One. You know what I mean? Somebody's going to be charged. But how do you charge who? You don't know which bullet fatally killed him. You had eight officers shooting, you know, 10, 13, 14 round clips. They can figure that out um, to the ballistics. Every All eight officers' guns got unique markings on those bullets. So... They can figure that out. But the chief of police, I'm surprised. Um, his name is DeCello. I haven't seen him. I'm assuming DeCello, that's Italian, so he's a white guy. But he said, the chief said he did not see the movement that put the officers in fear. That's, no, pre that's pretty huge, huh? No, no doubt. That's what I say. He, yeah. He's not going down with the ship. You know what I mean? He's not going down with the ship. He's not taking up for these guys. You know what I mean? This is a situation where he has to protect his career also. And I know everybody want to protect their mans. I want to protect my mans in the street. You know, I might fabricate some, you know, for him. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, when the evidence is, is, is just, you know. You did say that earlier. The chief said that. Before. Right, right, right. That he, just didn't hit me until. Yeah, until you read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The chief you actually know, said yeah, that. He, he wasn't going. Uh, I mean, he going to call a spade a spade. And if his guy's got to go down, at least he'll have some integrity in the unit. He may can get pushed up, too. You know, it's, 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 it's. That's rare, though. The chief already saying that this was wrong. He probably really saw what really happened yeah. on, through all the devices <laughs> yeah. that we didn't get to see. We might have saw one or two body cams. He probably had eight or seven or six. You know what I mean? And he he can't corroborate a lie without, you know, um, uh, tarnishing his integrity. Well, I, I actually predict some sort of indictment i don't know if all eight officers will get indicted because it depends on like you were saying which officers bullets did the most damage um if there's eight shooting and they got 16 in their um in their semi-automatic service weapon i mean that's uh that's like over 100 bullets right there Right, but if you got bullets to pass through that you don't know what, where they came from and what hit what artery when they pass through because they're not still in the body. See, the thing about it, Alex, is this. It's kind of good for the cops because when it's this many people, you can't put the blame on one person. Well, they so can figure that out, though. They can't figure that out, Alex. They can figure out. Yeah, they can. Why, why they can't? If the bullets are not in the... The, the body, say the, oh, yeah, yeah. the bullet that through. through and through. If it's a through and say through. Say the through and through bullet. Correct, You correct. know what I mean? So if it's a through and through bullet, you can't say where that bullet came That's from. That's true. And then you got eight victims. You can't charge them all with murder. Because you don't know which. See, that's what I'm saying. The multiple cops is going to what's going to probably. To, look, this is my opinion. The multiple cops are going to save them. This is how they're going to get manslaughter based on. You can't tell which cop actually put the, put the murder down. You know, um, so you're going to get the manslaughter out of it. You're not going to get murder one out these guys. Or for me, I don't think they're going to get second degree murder either. Well, I think there is a way to figure out the through and through, because what they're going to do is reconstruct this whole scene 
and they're going to know where, where each officer was standing at the time that they shot. And every bullet that goes through Mr. Walker goes through at an angle. So if it goes through a, an angle that's, let's say, from left to right, then you know your officers that were on the right side didn't do that one. That, that had to be officers from the left. I think that if they do a reconstruction, they can pretty much figure it all out. It's going to take weeks, though. It's going to take yeah, weeks. It could take years, but let me tell you this. When you're talking about 50, we, I'm going to dummy it down to 50 bullets. Yeah. Which bullet, you know, um, actually put the murder down? Somebody bullet hit a heart. Somebody bullet hit a lever. Somebody hit this. Somebody bullet hit that. If the coroner can't cause out the exact cause of death, because this man was like Swiss cheese, man. It's just too many bullets to, to you know. Um, I hope these guys get, you know, the book through at them. But one thing I know about multiple shooters is they always seem to get not guilty or manslaughter based on we couldn't find out who which which who bullet killed this person. We can't give everybody murder one. We can't give everybody second degree. You know what I mean? Somebody might have shot him in the leg. You know what I mean? So just my opinion, and I hope I'm wrong on this one. But in my opinion, when there's multiple shooters, especially eight or even seven or five or six, it's hard to convict that, to put that murder down. Well, the, the chief actually said that in the video, you can see where one officer empties his entire magazine and then reloads. Reload it. So that whoever that officer is, once they're all identified, um, he's definitely one of the top ones. Because if you have, um, what is it? Is it? The magazines hold 16? They got pretty big clips in them police. Uh, and you got one in the chamber? I'm not sure if they hold 15 or 16, one in the chamber. Uh, just just that alone uh, is, let's say, 18 times 2. That's 36. He emptied the first magazine. That officer will probably be, high, be held to a, a higher um, level of responsibility. That's possible. That's totally possible. And but, then we know how many bullets were shot out of every cop's gun because they have the rest of the remaining bullets in their magazines. No doubt. So we can say, okay, Officer 1, you shot five bullets. Officer 2, you only shot twice. Why'd you only shoot twice? Um, this officer, you, you, you emptied your whole magazine. You know, So they can do that and figure it out as well. But they can't figure out which bullet actually in this man's life. Well, uh that is a good question, man. And I think um, once the autopsy report is is done, we'll know how many through and throughs, and then we'll also know how many bullets stayed in the body. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and that's really the important part. Right, if, right. if the through and throughs were fatal through and throughs, usually in the in the bot in the chest area, you don't get through and throughs because there's so much stuff for the right, bullet to right, hit. Right. You get them on these flesh wounds, like around the shoulder, the legs, and the thighs. True. In some instances, those are not fatal unless you get the inner thigh shot and you hit that artery right there that you can bleed out from that. But I, I think with our science today, and with the way that you can reconstruct a, a, a crime scene, they're gonna get down to the bottom of this. Well, I think it's going to take him a minute, man, because like I say, this guy was like Swiss cheese, man. So it's just going to be, I believe, going to be difficult. And I think you can get, if the feds come in this 
and the feds say we're going we're investigating all eight of y'all we might even get a couple of these officers to turn on the others no that's hey that's highly possible yeah even though that's uh it happens but it's rare you know these cops have a no snitch policy too y'all yeah, no <laughs> doubt but some of them don't want to do a life sentence as, as well yeah you know? but i always say these cops are real good with the no snitch policy because they don't they rarely rat out each other um when they're doing their dirt behind the scenes. But in a case like this where the feds come in and they want to know who shot who and what angle, you might have a cop and say, hey, I, I shot twice, but I didn't see the need. Um, my guy over right, here right, right, right. looked like he was just you know, on one at the time. So I think that uh, hopefully you get a couple of cops that, uh, that flip. Well, tragically, this dude at the end of the day lost his life. You know what I mean? So, I mean, to be honest with you, and that's the sad part, you know, he lost his life. Um, I do believe he was careless with anything that if he did fire a shot of any kind, you know, um, at some point you got to know, man, that's kind of a fatal mistake. You know, you jumped out, you ran with a ski mask on, um, where I come from, I'm just be honest with you. I wouldn't, I would try it. You know, I, I know that's a, a death sentence, you know, but, um, but, it, but all in all, he didn't have a weapon when they were chasing him. They put 50, 60 bullets in him, they wrong. No doubt. I mean, everything that Jalen Walker did are the things I teach my kids not to do, unfortunately. Um, I don't believe what he did is a death sentence, obviously. Um, uh, and we're not 100% sure if he shot that one, that shot once at the cops as they're claiming it to be. Um, it's quite possible, and, and we don't know if he did why he did it we don't know if he was going through some mental health illness um crisis but you know uh it's sad that he had to give up his life like that even though he jumped out the car unarmed he ran and uh, i mean there's so many unanswered questions and what's crazy is you know this let's segue into this other issue uh robert crimo from highland park illinois who shot and killed uh, with six people, right? Injured, how many injured? Uh, 19 at least. And he kind of fled also, but how did the police handle him? White boy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they literally took this guy into custody. Man, they always take him into custody, you know, but the thing about it was, I don't know if it was a foot race, um, and um, I don't know all the circumstances. You know, but they didn't use the case where they say he looked back and they thought he was going to pull out a gun. They took him in quiet, peacefully, and he got six bodies, man. This dude, Jalen, didn't have not one. Well, they just updated it to seven counts of first-degree murder. Seven counts, and uh, this guy will never see the light of day. But at the same time, you would just think to yourself, like, if, if I was a couple police officer, I probably would have did what those cops did in Uvalde, Texas when they went in there to um, to get the, the mass shooter, there was no way that that guy was coming out alive. It wasn't no way that this guy was supposed to come out alive. Exactly. You know, this guy took the lives of innocent people, you know, who were sitting down at a parade, you know, a parade, I, I don't believe in what the, what the um, you know, I don't, I don't celebrate the 4th of July, but at the same time, these were innocent people just out there celebrating the parade, you know, and he just gunned them down, you know, and these are guys that should have been, had 60 bullets in them, <laughs> not Jalen Walker, you know, and it's, it's crazy because, I mean, I know there's two different subjects, but it's hard for me not to see that, you know, dude, you talk about no zero bodies, you know, six, seven bodies, 
and y'all take this dude in here, you know, just 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 happy go lucky, you know. And and this dude Robert Crimo Cremo, he did this like sniper style. Sniper style. He did this like uh, military style. No doubt. And you would think that the police would adrenaline would have been so high that they was like, no way we're taking this dude into custody. He's got to go. He just killed, um, you know, at the time, I don't know how many people were dead, but, you know, people go to the hospital after and, right, and, right. and die. So the, and that number that of seven can change because um, there are, are others injured. And I believe some of them are in critical condition. But I thought that people like Robert Cremo uh, are not to be taken into custody. But it just seems like I don't know how true this theory is. People always telling me this, that that white people who are wanted for mass murders are always taken into custody without incident. No doubt. And I know we sit here and seem like we just always, you know what I mean, comparing or, you know, bashing them. But I mean, shit, look at the facts. You know, this guy killed six, seven people and they walked him right in there. You know what I mean? And this ain't, he's not the first one, though. But it seemed like any time a guy in a car got a gun riding down the, the, the avenue, he going to get done gunned down. You know, Michael Twyman, Jalen Walker, so many others. And some that didn't even have a firearm. You know, so it's hard for me to just, 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 just not notice. Yeah, they're saying here that he hit 45 people. That is just incredible. That's just uh and and I don't I don't even know. Did you see a picture of this dude? I did. The guy looks he looks psychotic. Oh, do he? he just has a crazy look. Yeah, yeah. And, he fit uh, the description. He does. Yeah. I'm gonna post a picture to the Street and Scholars Instagram page of Robert Crimo and you tell me how you think this guy looks because um he looks like he's about to do something crazy. Five of this um Five of the six victims were from Highland Park, which is a small little suburban area outside Illinois. And they were out there just doing their thing in the parade, as you said. And uh, for, for reasons unknown, this dude just started firing from a, a building. I guess he was from the roof. You saw the video of the shooting? No, I just read about it. And, you know, be honest with you, man. Be honest with you, Alice. That's, and that's, that's, that's. That's, that ain't cool, man. You know, people can't even go to picnics and, and, and parades and, you know, just enjoying regular shit. These people wasn't on no extras. You know, they wasn't protesting. They wasn't nothing. They was out there just having a good time celebrating the holiday they believe in. And, and this dude just get to knocking them down. Yeah, but I, I doubt this guy is ever going to see the light of day again. So um, that's unfortunate. But um, let's let's talk about this um, one more thing here because we talked we've been talking about the Eric Holder trial the last couple episodes, mm -hmm. uh, episode uh, nineteen and twenty. Tap into those episodes if you haven't already listened. But uh, we learned some more details about Eric Holder getting assaulted. He was in a holding tank in the L.A. County Jail, and a, a Mexican dude that's also a PC. <laughs> it's funny that a, a P, everyone's celebrating that Eric Holder got his ass whooped. Right, right, right. But it was done by a PC, and, and you know, in that world, you know, PCs are not, you know, they're, they're, they're no good. But it was a PC Mexican gang member from L.A. that put hands on him. Damn. <laughs> Have anybody got anything what the motive was? The dude come in there and say something disrespectful, or did he just say, oh, that's the dude who killed Nip, I'm finna whoop his ass? Well, from, from my source, the, told me that after, after it was all over, I guess he told the L.A. County Sheriff's deputy, the Mexican dude, that he had recognized that he was in the same holding tank with Eric Holder. Mm -hmm. He recognized him from TV. 
Mm-hmm. He said, damn, that's the guy from TV. That's the guy that killed Nipsey Hussle. And he said he went over there and, and uh, touched him up because he was a Nipsey Hussle fan. Now, that's the thing about it. Eric Holder ain't got no hands. Well, I, I don't think this was an issue of him having hands or not because apparently he was trying to get rest in the holding tank at the time and leaning leaning down. So uh-huh. his head was down and he wasn't really paying attention to everybody else in the in the uh, holding tank. And uh, he just kind of dope fiend him. So it wasn't like a, a one-on-one or that he took a fair fade. He just went up to the dude. I don't think Eric even knew it was coming. You you in the L.A. County jail, man. Ain't no fair fade, man. You got to be on your toes every motherfucker time you touch one of them cells. Yeah. You know? So I don't know if he just was so distraught about what's going on in the court. You forgot, homie, that there's still some gangster shit that's cracking in this L.A. County jail. You know, because it's rocking and rolling in that thing. Well, I don't think that Eric was expecting that because he normally, from what I'm told, I just learned about this recently. He's he's a classified K-10 inmate, meaning that he gets escorted through the jail mm-hmm. to the court. He's in a single man cell and he's never supposed to be with other inmates. So my question is, what what happened to where the deputies decided to throw him in this holding tank that had other PCs. And it was a small, it was only 13 people. Mm-hmm. Some holding tanks, it might be 50 people, right, right, 75. Right, right. So I'm, my guess is that the, the deputies was like, oh, there's only 13 people in this holding tank. They're all PCs. Uh, we, we're busy doing something. Just throw Eric Holder in there and, and, and leave him in there for a while. He, he's probably okay. It's, not, it's PCs in there anyways, right, right. and it's only 13 there are some people that are saying uh, that they did that on purpose. <laughs> you know what? They got they got shit. They got a reputation for doing it on purpose, and they probably did. But <laughs> um, shit, dark. Hey man, shit go down like that. They have a reputation for that. You know what I mean? They'll take you and definitely, you know, back in the hood, they'll take you and drop you off in another hood. Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing in the county jail. They'll put you in the tank and be like, man, we'll be right back, and they know it was cracking. But at the same time. Who knows? You know, we can't point the finger, you know. Yeah, that's a um, that's a question that uh, I'm going to I'm going to ask some more questions about that at some point when I get to talk to the right people, because it's it's quite possible that the deputies did that deliberately. But it's also quite possible that they got lazy and they just said, um, we're not going to just escort him for whatever time being right now. Court's not until 8.30 a.m. Throw him in that holding tank. Those are PCs. It's only 13 people. He should be all right. No, they could have took for granted the situation as well. You know, they could have took for granted the looks of the people who were in there. They could have basically judged the book by his cover, you know. So when they did that, you know, they answered the, um, you know, they answered the bill, but I don't think even with the judge, I don't think they get reprimanded or nothing for that. I mean, I think this shit going like every day. Well, they brought him into the court after he went to the hospital and got his staples. And I wasn't present for that, but the judge wanted to see him, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. wanted to see the condition he was in, wanted to see what happened to him. And after that, they they said they're going to take more security measures mm-hmm. in protecting Eric Holder. But they don't really have to do any. They they can just do what they were supposed to do in the first place. They don't have to take more security measures. This the L.A. County Jail, Alex. They don't have that kind of manpower to tend to every single individual that got a high profile case like that. So, like you say, they took thirteen as a number. That oh, that's a he good over there. You know, they probably didn't have the attentions that we trying to set you up. We feel you good over there. You 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 a cold killer, homie. You know, going over there and you know and uh you good. 
You know, now if it was really only one dude who did this to him, though, dude wasn't playing. Dude smashing. You know, if it was only one dude, if it was a couple dudes, I get it. But this was one man. Shit, he wasn't playing with dude. Did you get a chance to see the the photo of of Eric Holder's face after? I he, did. He yeah. damn near transformed him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And bending down a notch, you never recover from the. He must never recover from the first punch. You know what I mean? Nah. Um. We were told that he was unconscious. Okay. He laid him out. And then got on, did, did, yeah, yeah. He laid him out, and I guess whatever punishment that After that dude, came, yeah, he's, yeah, he's cool with it. But do you think do you think the deputies will even do anything to that Mexican dude that, hell that did no. that? Hell no. Nah, <laughs> what, what are you going to do to him? <laughs> he ain't going to do shit, man. You know what I mean? And, um, and, uh, and I, but I've seen it happen with the homies because I've seen the sheriffs beat the homies' ass to where they didn't even send them to court. They said they can't find them. You know what I mean? So this ain't new to the sheriffs. This shit happen probably every day. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the initial reports was that Eric Holder got beat by at least two dudes that rushed him, that made it seem like he didn't have a chance. And then once I got in touch with a source, uh, a better source, a source that on the inside, it was like, no, nah, it was no two dudes. It was just one dude. And then the other part of the story that initially came out was that some sort of knife was used, mm. a stabbing. And it turns out, no, nah, there was no weapon used. Uh, it was one Mexican dude, no knife, no weapon. That's what it is. And my guess is that maybe Eric told his lawyer, hey, uh, yeah, it was, it was multiple people. They had a knife because he didn't want to probably say how it really went down. Right. They do that. People do that every time. I got rushed. I got rushed. No, you one dude beat your ass. You know? <laughs> and I've heard that a million times. You know what I mean? Even while I was in the county jail, by the time dudes get to the blood module with a black eye and a busted lip, you know, all, all they rush me. Come to find out when you run into some crips at court or something, they be like, man, it was the one homie. They, they went head up. You know what I mean? You know, and the true story comes out, you know. But uh, dude put hands on him. If it was one dude, yeah, dude handled. Dude put hands on him, Alex. And also the cut that he he has is on the back of his head, and it doesn't look like it has anything to do with a stabbing or a knife. Like, who's going to stab in the hardest part of the skull? It just doesn't make any sense. Sound like he could have bust his head on the bench or the sail bars, you know what I mean? And that could have what knocked him out, you know what I mean? It could have been a punch and hit him so hard, Eric could have went down. You know, because if he's sleeping on the bench, you know, you got these benches in these cells, these concrete benches that's in these cells. So... His head could have easily hit one of the benches, hit hit the um, pit part of the bars, you know, and split his head open, you know. And uh, it, it definitely probably couldn't have been a stab wound. You know, all those things are possible. Yeah, I think he, his head hit something, either the wall, the ground, the floor, the bench. Uh, definitely no weapon was used. And I'm sure that he probably told his lawyer he probably put some extras on what happened to him when he told his lawyer. Oh, no doubt. You know, plus you got dudes online on social media right now trying to get the um, Mexican guy booking number and stuff so they can send him <laughs> some commissary. You know what I mean? You know, Nip had fans out there, man. Crazy. Hey, it, it started, it, it made me think, because we talked about this last week, that maybe Eric Holder gets to a level four yard and he makes a case on why he did what he did. But if you got Mexican PCs fire, um, taking flight on him, I'm not sure if if he's gonna have a, a a case to make when he does land on that yard. Man, you got a point. You know, <laughs> shit, he land with some more Nip fans. It might be over for him. You know, shit, because you know he's got to deal with the neighborhood card, which is probably the deepest script card in the prison system. No doubt, he's got to deal with the uh, 
the enemies to them, the, the gangsters, and then he's got to deal with the Hoovers. Then he's just got to deal with different blood sets. People, you know, um, Pa Roos did songs with Nip. No, nah, no doubt, you know? no doubt. But at the same time, you know, them crib politics, you know, depending on, like I say, where he go and who have his back and who, you know, he might hit the yard with some cribs to say, hold on. You know what I mean? If he ain't no red, he going to walk the lawn, you know? Yeah, that's that's my thing. If he, if he has a clean, if his paper, he got no paperwork on him, let's say he got no paperwork on him, he ain't never ratted, and and he did what he did for the reasons he explains what he did, is it true that he might have some supporters? Hell yeah, because I'm going to be honest with you, if he came to a yard where I was at, you know what I mean? And even though this crib business, you know what I mean? He said straight up, flip it over to us a homie, you know what I mean? And... Dude say, homie, nigga called me a rat and I wasn't one. You know what I mean? Alex is nothing that I can, you know, I could be in my feelings about who was lost. But at the end of the day, man, you know, the rules is the rules. You know what I mean? People are going to be in their feelings for calling a man a rat when he's not one. So a lot of people not going to do nothing that I believe that you, people think is going to do something if they can determine that he's not a rat. Well, I know he's going to be in there having to run some fades. Oh, he's going to have to run some fades. He's going to have to run some fades. Yeah, he's going to have it rough regardless. Because I'm sure Sam going to be trying to pay anybody, you know, alleged. You know, I, I think Sam going ain't going to finna just give up. Because this dude get a life sentence, you can't get him out on the street. He's not going to be out on the street. You know what I mean? So I don't think he's going to give up, man. And I ain't going to just name Sam, but anybody else who love Nip that got some change, that bounty gonna still be out there, you know, and this dude's hungry and that motherfucker back's touching their stomachs, you know what I mean? They gonna take that money to go handle that business. And um, last point on Eric Hold before we wrap up this episode of Streets and Scholars, I just wanted to uh, get your your uh, view, opinion on this whole first degree versus manslaughter, second degree. Um, it seems like it can go any way. Mm-hmm. It can go first degree, second degree manslaughter. There's elements of all three in this case. The prosecutor laid it out like first degree. Like, wow, you really, yeah, you laid out a first degree murder for this. Mm-hmm. You know, when he said something, and this guy went to go sit in the car and he was eating some chili cheese fries, that's not heat of passion. That's first degree. That's premeditated. But then the defense attorney came back and was like, nah. When you're accused of being a snitch, when you're accused of this in front by one of the f- most famous rappers in front of other people, nine minutes is not enough to cool off. You know, so I'm, I'm hearing both arguments. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And I'm feeling both arguments, actually. Yeah, I don't think when you say it like that, I'm not going to be fine nine minutes later after somebody didn't call me a rat if I'm not one. You know what I mean? I'm just be honest with you. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's not. Now, the thing about it is, like he said, you know, you woke up in the morning, y'all supposed to be going to the sloss and you wanted to go here. Y'all end up in Masterburg. You know what I mean? Y'all happen to bump in the nip. After that, that's not premeditated. You know what I mean? There's some circumstances that happen. What happened during the little altercations was what happened during the altercations and shit went wild and, 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 and the murder happened. But that's not premeditated. You know what I mean? You don't wake up in the morning. You don't go plot and plan per se. You know what I mean? You know, um, it's definitely an argument from both sides. And I'm even like, first, I thought it was going to go one way. Now, after I listened to it, I listened to the entire defense attorney's argument, you know, and he laid some shit out there that was like, you know, wow. You know what I mean? So 
Um, if the jurors can understand or have any kind of understanding that to be called a rat is some serious shit, he may get that manslaughter, man. See, that's the thing. I don't I don't think the jurors understand the severity of this the street politics. Then then he gonna they gonna they gonna give him murder one. Yeah, they're gonna give him first degree and, unless they understand the street stuff. Now the thing about it though, the defense attorney said way back from elementary, way back from when you was a kid, way back from <laughs> yeah. your little brothers and your big brothers calling you a tattletale. Yeah. He laid that shit out there, you yeah. know. And if they don't know what a snitch is in the street, they know what a tattletale was at home because they probably had a big brother or a little sister that was telling when they was coming in later doing shit. So they get it. They get the totality of the understanding of the information. You know what I mean? So um, it's up to these jurors in their heart to how they feel about this rat shit. We gonna, that, I think that's what it boiled down to. That's what it is. Yeah. This, this whole case is about that four-minute conversation. Four-minute conversation. That's really what it is. But you can, you can have first degree, even though he didn't come there and plan to do murder, you can have first degree within a small time period and California says that you don't you only need a, a minute to decide to kill somebody mm-hmm. you know that they, they could they could lay you down with a first degree murder if you just thought about it for a minute but it's just up to you to present uh your defense as he did and I think he 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 did a good defense he did a good defense but at the same time you know don't forget we are in a, we live in a um particular time frame where people are trying to get violence off the street you know, and if they give this guy manslaughter, you know, they also got to look at how many other people are going to be trying to come through with the same def- uh, type of defense in their trials. You know what I mean? So I, I believe I don't know how much um, they take into consideration about the, all the other things and the effect of their decision. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm like, wow, I just don't even know, you know. Well, we got nine women and three men deciding this case. And I, that's another element to me because this this snitching and this street politicking is, is a man thing. It's not necessarily a woman thing. And I'm not right. saying that there ain't women out there in the streets that get busy. I understand that. But generally speaking, this is man business. And we got nine women on the jury. Yeah. And, you know, the women be mo- working with emotions. And if any of them got kids, they would be like, I wouldn't want my baby to be gunned down just based on something he said to another man. He didn't sock Eric Holder. He didn't kick him in the ass. He didn't pistol whip him. You know what I mean? You said some words to him. It was verbal. So sometimes a person can look at it like, dude, it was a verbal conversation. That don't warrant somebody to be killed for no matter what he said. You know what I mean? But like, for example, the, the prosecutor gave an example of manslaughter to the jury. And he said that if if a man comes home and finds his wife in bed with another man, he gets so heated, he gets so angry about it. And he goes and finds a gun in the house and comes and kills him. That's more like heat of passion. He was trying to make a distinction between what we have in this case and a good example of heat of passion, which I think we all agree that if a man kills uh, another man that was sleeping with his woman, that's that's not first degree murder. But the defense attorney is trying to say the snitching conversation is equivalent to you catching your woman mm-hmm. having sex with another man. And that's the part that we don't know if the jury is buying that. Right. Or 
if they understand like oh yeah that snitching shit that's the same as catching your 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 partner in bed with another person well no doubt then you got to understand regular american citizens they don't call look at snitching as snitching they look at it as the sole duty to be doing what you should be doing in your community in order to keep crime down and from order to keep thugs from running rampant so depending on how many of who we have you know what i mean and their ideology you know what i mean that snitch shit don't mean nothing to them you know, so, man, we definitely going to see, man. Well, that's what this whole case is about. And the last thing I wanted to ask you is we all saw the kick in the head that Eric Holder did on Nipsey after he finished shooting him and he ran out of there. Mm-hmm. My question is, is that kick in the head more representative of heat of passion or does that kick in the head align with premeditation? That kick in the head... D- this is what the kick in the head do. The kick in the head make you look like a different kind of monster. I believe that kick in the head can sway a jury, one jury, even if it's one, to say, dude, you're a piece of shit for that. And that's the one reason why I'm going to go this way. That kick in the head, man, showed that you had no kind of remorse, none whatsoever, you know. And sometimes people will look at it like this dude is a demon. And he needs to be took off the street based on if you kick a dead man in his head after you done shot him, you know, it's something you, you definitely don't need a second chance. You know what I mean? So I believe that 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 will sway the jurors, even if it's one. I believe that it will takes uh, uh, be took into consideration when they, ju- you know, handing this verdict down for real. So you saying the kick in the head is, is going to lean towards first degree murder for the jurors to decide? I believe that, no doubt. That's what I believe, Alex. I, see, I feel that um, the, the kick in the head leans more towards the manslaughter because when you kick a man in the head after you shot them so many times, that is, that's passion. That's like... That that's a that shows how angry and how um, how enraged you was, which are the elements that you need for manslaughter. You have to be enraged. You have to have it's got to be passion, and to be the kick in the head, it if it, it, it gives you all of that as opposed to first degree premeditated murder. Well, the reason my my um, knowledge comes from the firsthand situation that I had with um, one of my sons. He was in the mall. And so and a, the local bully tried to rush, you know, he had a situation where he had a local bully on his head. I told him how to handle it. You listen, we don't run from nobody. You don't insta, um, instigate nothing, but you don't run from nobody. So one day the bully caught him and in, 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 at the mall, you know, and tried to rush him. My son did his thing. You know what I mean? Probably the second fight he ever had in his life. He, he handled his business. And when dude fell, my son kicked him. <laughs> while we was at you know they never came arrested my son or nothing like that but they sent a, a paper to we need to show up in court and believe it or not it was the kick that concerned them more than anything you know we know this guy bully he got a reputation he got a little uh girl saying that he might have raped him you know this dude was a bad seat but at the same time that kick you know they wanted my son to answer for that you know what I mean? So society looks at that kick, mm-hmm. you know, as a totally different thing from that for fighting, punching, you know, shooting that kick. No, this man was down and you proceed to kick him. You know, I get your point, though. though. Even though that was a bully, though. Yeah, you're right. They, but they had some sympathy for the bully. Shit. 
in, in, in juvenile court, it's a little different, you know, because basically whoever won the fight is the is the aggressor, you know, even though this man is documented, you know, a bully. But that kick, you know, was the only thing. They, now, my son ended up coming out of this good, but the kick, they kept on talking about the kick, you know what I mean, you know. So my knowledge of that is people looking at it like, damn, let's do it then. You go kicking, you're a monster. You're a fucking, you know what I mean? So um, I get what you're saying, though, but they could show a, a, a passionate part of it. But I don't know, man. That shit, that, the kick made me feel, I mean, when, when I seen Eric Holder kick this dude, homie, I even felt like, 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 I didn't, I didn't like that at all. Yeah, you know? I, I didn't understand the kick unless it was just, you was that angry. You was just that that upset about whatever nip said to you in that conversation which we don't really know exactly what was said but we know it was about paperwork and snitching well we also know that damn if he really went back and kicked this dude he had to be pissed i mean he had to be angry he had to be more than mad after you just shot a motherfucker and then you go you was you was hot yeah you was in your feelings so you do got definitely have a point there you know, I just don't know if everybody will look at it like that. And I also believe the kick should, um, for all the conspiracy theory theorists that believe this was a hit or an assassination, uh, people who do hits and assassinations don't kick the person after they shoot them. They shoot. And oh, and they, they get up out of there. They get out of there. No, no doubt. Yeah. No, no, no doubt. For those people, I can, I can honestly say, no, this was personal. Yeah. Yeah, this was definitely personal, you know, because you don't do, like I said, I ain't never seen the you know, I don't, you know, I don't see that, you know, and all the little TV shootings from doing the, uh, my doc, you know, looking at documentaries, that kick, man, he was, he was pissed, you know what I mean? Very, very personal. But real fast, Alex, if he's not a snitch, he had all the right in the world to feel how he felt. Not saying do what you did, but feel how you felt, you know what I mean? That shit is serious, man. But I would say even if he is a snitch... You're going to trigger a person to react the way he did. Whether a person's a snitch or not a snitch, you calling him out in front of other people from the set in public. That's Whether you're not or you are, you're going to get that reaction. No, I don't think so. I think you really a rat. I haven't seen a lot of people who really rats. You can see their reaction. And some of these rats are gunners. No, some of them gunners, but some of them, you know, at the same time, you're still a rat. You know what I mean? And you only gunning just based on because you want somebody to shut up maybe or you want to, don't want the next dude to let that come out of his mouth. You know what I mean? So <laughs> at the end of the motherfucking day, though, when you call the rat, man, and you really won, you know inside you really won. So, you know, I don't know that, you know. Well, we're going to find out real soon what the jury um, the jury decides because that, that verdict should come down whew, any day now. But in fact, maybe... By the time some of you guys are listening to this episode of Streets and Scholars, the verdict may have just come down. And I'm going to try to tap in with the jury after the verdict. Some of them said that they were willing to to talk. Is that legal? Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know if they could speak on it. Some, some jurors, in my experience, that um, on a murder trial, they don't want to talk because mm-hmm. they just think that maybe it's too risky, you know, to, to give an interview. But, but legally, it's not a... Nah, not at all. The, oh, okay. the jury can do anything they want to do after this case is over. They can write a book. They, they can, can write a book. Oh, no shit. If, I didn't know if, that. If they save their notes. Right, 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 right. They can write a book. Um, they can do. They can go on TV and start doing interviews. Yeah, I didn't know that. But uh, I'm going to try to tap in with some of the jury because I'm really interested in what they were thinking as this trial was, you know, each day mm-hmm. from each witness. 
And um, on that note, man, we'll just wrap up another episode of Streets and Scholars. Tap in with us, FGeneral1 on Instagram, FG Unleashed on YouTube. Please hit me up. Check out my Eric Holder trial updates on Street TV. I'm on Twitter and all social media platforms at AlexAlonso101. And if you're tapping in with us on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. Leave a review, leave a comment, let us know what's going on. And that wraps up another fire episode of Streets and Scholars.